Hallelujah. Appreciate good testimonies tonight and hearing what God is doing in your lives. And uh, we're excited about it. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for truth, God. This word, not our feelings today, not our opinions today, but God, your word is truth. And I ask you, Lord, to help us up. I know, Lord, you have something for each of us tonight, Lord, a word that you would speak to us. God, give us ears to hear. Lord, give us hearts that are hungry and, and Lord, lives that will be obedient to your word, Lord, and just minister to somebody tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First Corinthians 6, verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But... Ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. There are a lot of uh, just things that people stumble over in the Word of God. A lot of things, we seem like a lot of what we've been teaching lately deals with so much of the religious deception that we're up against. And I feel it so strongly in this last day that, uh, you know, I, I recognize there's a lot of uh, sinfulness, a lot of uh, 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 even atheism that seems to be on the uprise, but, but there is so much... Uh, a uh, real religion, can I say, in uh, this nation and around the world. And, and we have to just stay focused on Jesus and on his word. Listen, I, I can't say enough how much I am thankful for the grace of God. I, I cannot uh, overstate the fact that I'm so glad that when I know God loved me, it's not because I deserved it. He didn't come and find me in a place where, where I was doing well. He found me lost. He found me needing rescued on my way to hell. My best is worthless. Bible says every man in his best state is altogether vanity. I believe God's love towards me. Towards this world, amen, is, if I can say, an unconditional love. A love that is unworthy, that we're not worthy of it, amen. I believe the grace of God, it just, it is amazing to know that God could care enough about us that he would see someone so lost, so far from him, and pay the price of Calvary that we might be his children. Too many people in this world, because 
of what they've been taught because of what they've been preached feel like that that is really the end of the story and it's only the beginning. The idea that we are lost and we are sinners without him, the idea that he loves us and there's nothing we can do to earn that love, there's no righteous act that we can do to deserve God's mercy, God's grace. Amen. It is truly unmerited favor. We are not, don't deserve the goodness of God. But there are so many people calling themselves Christians that continue on in their sin, saying, God loves me unconditionally. Calling them, say, the Bible says, they that name the name of Christ should depart from iniquity. This Bible says such were some of you. You're not going to see people in church in the Bible saying, oh, we're just all a bunch of sinners and God's grace just kind of covers his eyes. He doesn't see my sin anymore because of grace. That's not what the Bible teaches, teaches about grace. Book of Titus says that grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. And worldly lusts to live soberly and righteous in this present generation. Such were some of you. You were thieves. You were sinners. Amen. But now you're washed. Amen. You're not walking around with... With the filth of sin on your life. Saying, hey, God doesn't see it anymore. Salvation just is a blindfold that God doesn't recognize that that I'm I'm still bound in sin. No, he sets you free. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. We are new creation, new creatures in Christ. Born again. Born again, Jesus said. You must be born again. That means you're changed. You're not who you once were. It's not the end of the story. Just the beginning of the story to recognize the grace of God, the mercy of God. But you're washed. He washes away your sin. Amen. Not wallowing in it, not just, just, just ignoring it. He washes you. Sanctifies you. Justifies you. Now there's a lot of people today that will talk about justification by faith. That's what the Bible teaches. That we put our confidence in God and what he did and that we are justified. We are made just. But the idea of sanctification is an I, is, uh, is a doctrine that says he's going to make you holy. Yes, sir. Amen. Right. He's going to cleanse your life morally. Right. He's going to take away sin and put his righteousness in you. Sister Becca was talking about God molding us, shaping us, puts us on the potter's wheel. Like I said, it's just the beginning. It's not the end of the story. We don't just go ahead and live our lives our way. But he begins to change us. He begins to sanctify us. When you are born again, I believe you're on your way to heaven. Amen. I believe God sees you washed in his blood, filled with his spirit. Amen. Buried in his name. 
You're a newborn babe. Amen. You're part of the family. But that's just the beginning. Now you grow in him. You begin to, to take on his nature. There's some things that just go. Amen. Isn't it amazing how God just changes your life? God just, I'm telling you, when you see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost, sometimes you can see it across the room. All of a sudden, they just countenance changes. Say, I didn't hear them speaking in tongues, but I saw it all over them. Amen. I know they got the Holy Ghost. God's there. Amen. And there's some things that just leave. There's just some things that God breaks those chains. He moves in. You know, sometimes it's just at the, at the, at the altar of repentance. Before you've ever really been filled, baptized in the Holy Ghost, God can start, can change some things. You say you're sorry and you say, I, I, I can't do this, God. I need you. And he'll change your life. He'll wash some things away at the altar. He molds us and shapes us in his image. Amen. Less like me and more like him. But I want to tell you something here tonight. I'm preaching to you. I'm not preaching to them. This idea that that we're going to go on our way and just just continue. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we that are dead to sin keep on living in sin, live any longer therein? He changes us. I said he changes us. Hallelujah. But I I feel like I've heard people say some things that I want to I want to help somebody here tonight, but I I hear people talk about about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus. And um made me think of uh, I've, I've heard some things here recently, can't just tell you specifically where I heard them or even quote them exactly, but it made me think of a, uh, a book. I've never read it. I wasn't really sure who wrote it, but I looked it up. It, it's, it's well known as a Christian classic, and it's called The Imitation of Christ. And, uh, and I guess I didn't realize this, but it makes sense now because when I looked it up, it was written by, uh, it's, Written by a, a Roman Catholic man, an anonymous man, but it's it's uh, one of the number one bestsellers in in Catholic bookstores. But I've heard it um, praised by a lot of different Christian uh, ministries, and and something that I feel like that God has just really impressed on my heart is the idea that hey, we are more than imitators. Right. Now. What I've already told you, I, I know that you understand that. Jesus does the changing. Right. Amen. Jesus does the work on our hearts. And he begins to mold us and shape us. And, and we begin a process. Because I do believe that at the moment of our born again experience that we are that new creature but we still learn and we grow and some things uh, God just deals with right there but there's some other things that might be a process in your life there are some things that I believe that we all are continuing to grow and learn and be sanctified I want to be more like Jesus today than I was last year Amen. 
And I pray at the end of this year, if the Lord tarries, that I can be more like him. Amen. Amen. Because that's the goal. Listen to me. Not a better version of you. You know if you're going to talk about self-help, you're going to look for the best version of you. And you're going to try to be a, a better man, a better woman. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be more like him and less like my flesh, my will. I want to decrease and I want him to increase. And the idea of the gospel is it's not me trying to be more like him. It's not me learning about him and working really hard at imitating his love. When I read the Bible and I read how much he loved and forgave and showed mercy. And I look at that and say, I'm going to try a lot harder to be more merciful. I'm going to try a lot harder. I'm going to try to forgive some people that don't deserve it, but I'm going to try to be more like Jesus. And that's going to be, that's going to be tough. Because I'm not really that, I, I've got some, some feelings and I've got some grudges here, but I, I, I'm going to try to be more like Jesus. You say, well, what's wrong with that, brother? Well, let me remind you of something that's in the Bible, Matthew 19. And the more you recognize what Jesus said here, the better off you'll be. Matthew 19. This is a lot more than just trying to be more like Jesus. Hey, if it was just about trying to be like him, he wouldn't have had to die. We wouldn't need the power of the Holy Ghost in us. If we could just try harder. Amen. Matthew 19, verse 25. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. Saying, who then can be saved? I want to tell you this. I think he was talking about a rich man entering into the kingdom of heaven and how riches can be such a stumbling block. And Amen. You get your eyes on money. God will bless you. Amen. I know he'll bless you. But if you start looking at wealth as as righteousness and... And as your goal, you're going to stumble. Amen. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Some people think gain is godliness, the Bible says, but that's not it. But they must have, by this time, because the Pharisees and the religious system of that day was so messed up that he starts telling them, hey, these, these rich folks, they're your oppressors. They're out there acting like they've got it all together. They are, they're, uh, they're the ones that are causing you a lot of problems. And he said, uh, when they heard this, they were amazed, exceedingly amazed. said, who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them, said unto them, with men this is impossible. You remember that. I want to talk to somebody here. You've got a desire to be more like Jesus than ever. You've been praying, God, I want to be better. I want to do more for you. Lord, let me be sanctified. Take out all the old. Let me not look back. Let me not be like I used to be, God. Help me to be holy. Help me to be righteous. Help me to shine brightly. Listen to me. With man, it is impossible. Your best efforts are going to fail you. But with God, 
But with God, all things are possible. The most frustrated people in church, sometimes, many times, the most judgmental people in church are the ones that recognize I, uh, we ought to be doing better. We ought to be doing more. I need to be better. I need to be doing more. But I try so hard and I keep on failing. I try so hard and, and, I, and I just just fall on my face. Listen, with man, your salvation is impossible. You couldn't save yourself. You couldn't, you couldn't get this journey started on your own. It was Jesus all along. With God, it is possible to be everything. To, to God has, has a plan for you. God has his will that is going to, we already heard it tonight, the blessings that would overtake you. He'll use you. I said he'll use you to reach out, to pray, to to be a testimony to others. And at the end of the day, you're going to say, thank you, Jesus. It's just awesome being changed, not being who I was, and being useful in the kingdom of God. You know, we're going to start saying that more often, Lord willing. Quit worrying about being used and start worrying about being useful. I want to be useful. I want to be helpful. Amen. I want to be somebody who can bless and and build the kingdom of God that recognizes the need. and, And God can say, all right, step up and fulfill that need. Amen. But with men, it is impossible. It's God that shapes your life. We don't merely learn about him and, and try harder. Praise God. We got to let God in our lives and submit to him and let him change us. Because when we try harder, it's generally a shallow thing, an external thing. See, God gets down to the root of it. A lot of our problems start and stem from roots that are down in our hearts. Amen. Amen. And only God can change the heart. Well, praise God. God gets down to the root of that. God gets down to your heart. Amen. You can try harder to forgive somebody and still hate their guts down inside. Says hope and pray that they get hit by a bus in, in the parking lot. Amen. But outside you're saying, oh, I promise, promise there's no hard feelings. Yeah. See, that's horrible. Well, that's flesh. That's flesh. You, I'm going to try harder, but down inside you're holding back all those nasty words that you want to call them. But when you say, okay, God, help me, and he'll, he'll get down into your heart. Start healing some things. Start, yeah, sometimes it's a matter of you getting healed. Say, God, why am I so nasty? Because you've been so hurt and God needs to heal you. Why is it so hard for me? Because you've been hurt and God needs to heal you. God needs to put some things down in your heart. The words that you speak, where do they come from? Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh so a lot of what we are and what we it all comes from our hearts you can't change your heart you can't change your heart you can't cleanse your heart 
That's a work of God's love, God's spirit, his blood. Amen. Well, praise God. We have to be more than just imitators. We've got to be more than just saying, I see where I could do better. Amen. How does God do this in us? How does God work on us to get us from where we are to where, where he wants us to be? How do we get better? How do we grow? How do we become more like him? Praise God. Well, number one, it is repentance. Now, repentance is really one of the principal things the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, the sixth chapter. One of the principal doctrines of Christ is repentance from dead works and faith towards God, is what it says. And we, but I recognize in my own life and, and from the scriptures that repentance is more than just that initial prayer that you pray. Right. Amen. Again, let me tell you, it's not just, okay, God, I accept you and you love me. And, and uh, uh, you know, I already know you accept me because you love sinners. Yeah, but listen, what about repentance? Because everything I've just said, it's not what the Bible says they went about and preached to everybody. But they told them to repent, turn away from sin, have a change of heart, a change of mind, and a turning towards God, away from that old life and towards a new life. Not only your sins that you recognize to be so sinful, but your self-righteousness, your trust in yourself to work it all out. You just got to give that all up. That's why we talk about an altar. It's a place where, where the flesh dies, the will, your will dies. And, but repentance is, to me, it's more than just that initial prayer, but it's, it's, a, it's a state of mind. It's... A lifestyle, if you will, it's a surrender, a complete surrender to God that you take with you now. And you say, God, I'm not, I laid all my will down at an altar when I repented. I'm not going to pick it up now. Now when I go through my life, God, I'm going to, I've turned to you. Amen. Amen. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 1. I know I'm just reminding you of something, but that's generally what we do. Telling you something that as you desire to to walk with God, the more you learn about God and the Bible calls the word itself uh, a mirror, the perfect law of liberty. You look into that mirror, you see how awesome God is, but you see the reflection of yourself. And you say, I, there ought to be something in you that says, I, I should be better. I should do better. Right. It's not condemnation. Right. Oh, I'm never good enough. We're not talking about that. We're talking about just, hey, I, I want to I be more like Jesus. I, I want to, I, I, I see that and I want to I wanna be more like him. So look what it says. First Thessalonians one, verse five. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Listen, now this is going to come to place, uh, 
come back around later. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. You got a good reputation, guys. For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. See, getting in the door, getting coming to Jesus is a turning away from an old life. There's not this idea that you just say, okay, God, I'm here in my life. I accept you and keep on going the same direction you've always gone. That is not the gospel. Amen. Amen. This idea that now that, that he's, he's my savior and I keep on going the same way. No, you've turned from your idol worshiping. You've turned from that old life. You've turned from your sins and turned to serve the living God. This continues on after that initial conversion that when you recognize in your life, Hey, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. You know what? I shouldn't have said that. You know, that wasn't godly. That wasn't like Jesus. I'm not going to try to convince myself. Yeah, but I know, you know, brother, so-and-so he does that all the time. So what's the big deal? Did you ever try to pull that? I read an article years ago. I forget what preacher wrote it. I think it might have been Brother Brother Gross. who said, you know what? Others might do it. You can't. Right. You can't. Listen, when you're being led by God, you're not justifying yourselves by what other people do. That's right. I know in my early years of living for God, there were people that I know God put in my life. But there were some things that God just wasn't dealing with them quite yet. And he did deal with them down the road. I need to just say, okay, God, if, if that's, I'm going to turn away from something when I'm not doing my best. And I know, I know it's not your will. It's not like Jesus would do it. Lord, let me turn from that. Let me turn from, it's more like not that old me. Amen. Amen. You know, it, it'll do you good to learn how to say you're sorry. If you've done somebody wrong. Really, it is so healing because you know what? If you've got to humble yourself and say, you know what? I, I said some things I shouldn't have said. You'll get tired of that quickly. Right. If you do it right. Yeah. If you do it right, you're not going to want to keep doing that. Right. If you really humble yourself and acknowledge that you were wrong, right. you're going to want to change. Yeah. Amen. Right, Turning from sin. But turning to God. I'm not just going to try harder. I need God to help me. God, give me the strength that I need. To not do that anymore. It's not this idea, well, I can just keep on going back and keep on getting forgiven. That is, that's a mockery. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to your flesh corruption, you're going to reap the same so don't don't mock god don't deceive yourself 
when you know you've stumbled, there is mercy. There is mercy. Amen. Aren't you glad? But mercy isn't something, you know, the Bible says his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Don't you love that? To them that fear him. That means you don't just say, I've got as much mercy as I need. Well, God is so merciful. But it's not this idea that you just take advantage in such a way that you continue on in sin. But you recognize that. And God will nudge you. Amen. We'll get back to that in a little bit. Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians 3. Repentance is an ongoing experience. Amen. Amen. Repentance is something we do. To me, it's kind of like in the Old Testament sacrifices, there was a a day of atonement. There was a, a sacrifice of atonement, and it just meant, God, I'm. I need you. It, it, it was like our initial coming to God and needing Jesus for our atonement. But there were still sacrifices when they would stumble. There were sacrifices for when they, uh, they failed. And, and we keep coming back to God and saying, God, I want to do better. We turn from that. I don't want to keep going. I'm not taking it for granted. But it's God that starts to help you get stronger. Recognize that God help mold me, make me better. Don't just say, well, I guess I messed. No, I, okay, you messed up, but can you, can you ask God to help you do better? So there's just some things that are hard for me. There's some things I struggle with. Ask God to start, start, he's, he wants to listen. He's already saying, Hey, let me take care of that. You got to let him. Well, there's just some things. Well, God knows that, but you got to let him help you there. Amen. That's just where I struggle. Well, in one sense, you're ahead of the game. You know where you struggle. But you're going to get way behind the game if you start saying, well, that's just that's just where I struggle. You know, you got to that's that's not that's not good enough. God wants to help you do better. He'll fortify that area in your life. Ephesians 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. I just love that. You might say that doesn't make sense. But that's just how awesome God is. To me, I want to know something that passes knowledge because the more I know it, the greater it is and the more unknowable it is that you might be filled. Somebody say filled that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, just like repentance is an initial work in your life that is ongoing being filled is too. amen. That God would fill you with him. That we must recognize when we come into church and God is just pouring out his spirit. He's pouring himself out. That's his spirit. That's who he is. And he's pouring that himself into you. Listen to me. It's more than the goosebump. It's more than the feeling. 
Don't get hung up so much and like, oh, God, I, it was so awesome to, that, that you would touch me and, and make me feel so loved. Hey, that's just the beginning of it. He'll affect your life. He'll put more of his character in you, which is holy. And push and cleanse some of that old nature out of you. So being sanctified means is, is a process that works through repentance, but also works uh, on letting God fill us more of him. Recognize the fact that when you walk away from this altar or walk out of this church or get out of a really good prayer meeting wherever you pray, you, that God's helping you be better. That God would affect your character. That he would make your heart more like his heart. Amen. Don't, don't, please don't sell yourself short and, and feel like the feeling is the goal. I'm not, you'll never hear me once say that the feeling isn't just amazing and I'm excited about that. But that is really just not all that it's about. That God would help me be a better friend. Amen. Help me be a better, uh, better neighbor, a better husband, a better pastor, a better dad, whatever, whatever role you're in. Can I tell you something, church? Listen to me here. God spoke to me here uh, probably two weeks ago, I think. And uh, praise God that uh, about this. That's where you start. Listen to me. Praise God. You've got a lot of different areas that you need to grow on. But, you know, God's given you responsibility. If you're single, praise God, you pray, God, help me to stay pure, stay right. Amen. To keep my focus, not get sidetracked. If you're living at home with parents, praise God, Lord, that I would I would be a a godly son or daughter to my parents. And you focus on that. Husbands. Amen. Lord, help me before anything else. I need to be as good as I can be. That uh, help me do better than I've ever done today and tomorrow, even better than that. Wives, the same. Say, oh, I want to do so much, and I want to. I, I really want to be a witness for God. Well, focus on on what's right in front of you. Amen. Be excellent there for God. Amen. Whatever you got, you have a job. Be good at it. Be a, be a Christian at it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Whatever it might be, it, it, the role that God has put you in right now, you say, okay, God, help me. Help me. Fill me up with you that, that your spirit will help me be what you've called me to be. Amen. Amen. So many people, you know, it's, it's like Moses. Moses, uh, I got a plan for your life, but we're going to focus right now on what's in your hand. And we're going to use that. Amen. So listen to me, church. Let God fill you and then take it home and be better. Be better right where you are. If you you go out and, and knock on every door in York County, invite them to church. God bless you for it. You can, hey, that billboard's going to be up this week, they told me. Thank God. Pray about that. You can reach out to all these people, but if you're not growing and learning in your home, amen. You're missing really where God's put you to be faithful. There's a lot of things being a brother and sister here in church. You say, oh, you know what? We got to get this out of the four walls. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you ignore what's right here, too. 
Amen. This you, you don't tell me you've got a burden for 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 God's kingdom and and you don't have time for for just try for revival for encouraging souls. Oh no, you you're missing it all. Be filled, filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. First Peter. First Peter two. I started saying earlier and talked about how when we look into the word of God, that perfect law of liberty. Let it teach you. Hearing the word of God preached. Seeing people around you and and uh, examples around you. There's all these different ways that God is trying to help you learn and grow. And that's what a lot of this is. Lord, help me see where I could be doing better. Sometimes, listen now, you know, he'll, he'll bring conviction. Anybody understand what that means when the, the Spirit of God just pricks your heart? But can I tell you something about conviction? I don't have to always be convicted. Right. Say, what? So that's how God works. He does. But you know, sometimes if I just, if I'm just reading the word of God and I see it right there, God says, that should be enough. I shouldn't have to just get a hold of that heart and start getting, hey, hey, give, give me your attention. You, you should already have your attention. Right. Amen. Amen. Good. Praise the Lord. Look what it says. Uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that she may grow thereby. That the word of God, I could be sensitive enough to it. Now, God will prick my heart. God sometimes just seems like it just gets a hold of you sometimes aggressively. I don't know. I, I, maybe you, you won't like this, but this is just for me. Okay. Then, but sometimes I just, I've read things already and it was like a slap across the face. Who you got my attention. Wow. I got you. I got you. I need to pay more attention to that. It's just that blunt. Amen. But there's just times where it's just like, Oh yeah. The preacher preached that he preached it out of the word of God. Hey, there you go. Amen. So I didn't feel that trembling. I didn't feel oh, you're worried about those feelings so much that you're going to miss just being obedient. Amen. Praise the Lord. Being sensitive to the spirit of God sometimes just means it's not. People like to be just maybe a couple inches above the ground, just floating around so spiritual like an angel or something like that. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of, oh, OK, I didn't know that before. I guess I'll do that. Just going to be obedient. Amen. It doesn't have to be just angels singing and the, and the choir just, just laying it out with beams of light coming down. Say, oh, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Amen. Right. Sometimes it's just seeing godly people that God's put in your life. Good examples. Hallelujah. Philippians, the third chapter. You know, one of the easiest ways seems like Christians can get off track it is being too proud to just see an example around you and say, you know what, if that's what praying spiritual, faithful people do, maybe, maybe I ought to as well. Right. Right. Amen. Right. That's not so difficult. And you get to a place where you think everybody else is wrong and I'm the only one that knows it. Come on. That sounds pretty dangerous to me. 
I might just suggest to you to dig in and ask some questions. Learn. Amen. This isn't the only place in the Bible something like this said. In fact, I told you earlier we were reading from, uh, praise God, 1 Thessalonians 1 talked about how they were followers. Paul said followers of us and of the Lord. And how they were examples to everyone in Macedonia and Achaia. Yeah. Right? right? Paul Paul said it that way. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. I know a lot of people, and, and we're not setting anybody, but, you know, well, let's just read it here. Philippians 3.14. I press toward the mark, right? For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. That is what we're talking about. Right. Pressing towards the mark. I'm not just... Just floating downstream and just just living my life my way. No, I'm pressing towards the mark of the price, the high calling. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything, ye be otherwise minded. God shall reveal even this in you. Nevertheless, listen, whereto we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. God brings us into unity. I know. Uh, our spirit, our flesh, like, well, everybody's different. Yeah, we are different, sure. But we ought to be walking by the same rule. Right. We ought to be minding the same thing that is important to the church ought to be important to you as well. Listen to what he said. Brethren, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them. Right. Which walk so as you have us for an example. Amen. That God's put examples around you. You know, you would do so much better. I know we're living, people come to church, and I know sometimes maybe you get impatient with people, but people come to church and they've got a lot of things God's got to work on. Amen. That's, that's good. That's good that they're coming to church and, and they're in this process and we pray that God just help them. Amen. Be an example to them. But listen, Look around and see what God is doing in folks that have held on. There's a lot of people have fallen away. A lot of people have compromised. A lot of people have walked away from truth to pick up fables and say, well, that's a lot easier that way. I don't think it takes all that. Well, the Bible should be the word of God for you as well as anybody that cares about God. But listen, when, when you start looking around and saying, okay, hey, they pray, they give, they, they worship, they, they, they live in holiness and modesty. Amen. These things ought to be there. It ought to catch our attention and say, Hey, wait a minute. I don't know if you could just be understand that people have something to teach you. Maybe. Yeah. Amen. I was thinking this week a lot about that scripture in the book of Malachi talking about prophecy, really talking about the new covenant. And it says, you know what? The hearts of the fathers are going to be turned to the children. The hearts of the children are going to be turned to the fathers. I don't care how long you've been in this. Praise God. You've got some things to learn. You might learn it from somebody who's just a newborn babe in Jesus. A newborn babe in Jesus. You've got a lot to learn. But if we could all just recognize, you know what? Somebody in, might come by that might have something to help you with. Well, see, I've been preaching this gospel for 25 years. Hey, listen, you got a lot to learn, Pastor. Amen. Got a lot to learn. Thank God for it. 
You know, I've seen people do this. Oh, you know what? Then everybody's going to think I'm doing it just because they're doing it. No, that's just immaturity and pride. Nobody's going to guess your motives. Do it because it's right. Amen. Amen. Do it because the Bible talks about walking by the same rule. Yeah, but I think, you know, there's some things I'll do just because it's unity. Amen. Just because it brings us together closely. Amen. I've seen people praise God. You know, Brother Mike, the other a few months ago, man, he, he shaved his head almost bald. Nobody told him he had to do that, but he felt like he wanted to do that just to his wife had, was losing her hair. Amen. Right. It wasn't some big old deal to just, just uh, hey, well, listen, 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 you give me. Sometimes you just thank God for unity. Right. Thank God for trying to work together as a team in Christ. I know people have taken that and gone way off target with it, and I, I don't even want to go there. But listen to me. The Bible tells us that God puts examples in your life. Amen. I believe it's uh, in the book of Psalms. It talks about, mark, again, use that word mark to take notice. Amen. Mark the perfect man. Because his end is going to be the end of peace, the way of peace. So you've got examples in your life. But I want to end with this thought. This should be our goal to be able to be an example. Amen. Let me repeat what I, I've been trying to build all this, this message. Listen, you can't change you. It's Jesus. If there's something that is not sufficient in you, just surrender to God and let him help you. He'll be glad to, and you'll grow, and you'll, you'll learn, and you'll move forward. Amen? Amen. And then you'll be an example. Right. You'll be somebody that God's going to say, hey, mark that one. Take, take notice of that one. See how they're blessed. You can be blessed, too. Because God will bless you. God will help you. God will, will pour out his blessings upon you. But it's not in you. It's not in you. It's got to be God. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Let me say it again, church. Let me just drive this home one more time. God began this work in you. He's the one that's going to complete it. You started, I believe it. Paul talked about in the book of Galatians, you started in the spirit. You're not going to be perfected in the works of the law now. Church, I want to tell you, God started this in you. It was impossible for you to do it any other way. It's, it's, it's not you, it's him. Let him continue to help you to learn and grow. There's rest in that. There's peace in that, knowing that he's the potter. You're just the clay. He's the one who's molding and shaping. Let him. Let him. When you pray, when you worship, when the Spirit of God is moving, let him mold you. Let him make you more like him. Come on, let's find a place to pray.
let your word and your spirit shape my life. Take away, Lord, the rough edges. Take away the carnal ways. Help me, Lord. what kind of father he is. He, he'll help us, but be in the process. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God, that he'll lead you away from some things, lead you towards some things. He'll help you be better in the areas you've struggled in. He'll make you an example that others can see Jesus in you and say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, to, to grow and be better like them. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the good presence of your spirit, Lord, here, and for hungry hearts that want to be doers of your word. Lord, bless each one. Lord, keep us safe as we travel, Lord. Just help us to, Lord, just to let you have your way in every area of our lives, God. We love you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.